Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Shamaya. It's like papaya, except it's not. Welcome to Plot Twist, Please, the podcast. Today we have a special episode because it's Love Day. Happy Love Day, everybody. And so for this occasion, I'm bringing on my close friend, Brittany Moore, and she's going to chat with me about relationships and how the time that we're in has allowed our both of our perspectives of relationships to kind of shift and the things that we have taken away from this time. And so tune in, grab some chocolate, grab a pal, grab your dog, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Enjoy. And here she is. Hi, Brittany. Hi. I like am finally here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good to see you virtually. Yes, 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 for sure. Come on, Queen of the Plot Twins. Oh my gosh. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I got to have you on today. Um, how have you been doing? Yeah. What's been going on in this pandemic? You know, I am, you know, I am making it. You mm-hmm. know, in spite of everything, like, I gotta say, I'm very blessed <laughs> to, like, have my to do stuff which is like few and far between these days mm-hmm. the pandemic but otherwise you know yeah I'm you know out here trying to survive like everybody else like yeah <laughs> yeah oh man it's it's a whole time like like I was at work this morning because I work with preschoolers as you know and I had a moment where I was like wait a minute this is all happening and these kids <laughs> are just in the middle of it and like I, I just wonder what goes through their heads about this time specifically, like what their experience has been like. Yeah, you know what's so crazy is that like I like, especially because I'm like trying to like get into like the children's book world, like mm-hmm. people have already come out with like children's books on the pandemic. <gasps> Whoa, like, wild. <laughs> like little animated like <laughs> like <germs>. little germs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? Oh my gosh, that is wild. Yes. I guess so. They're not sleeping at all. Mm, not at all. Not at all. But when you think about it, it's like these kids, like, they have to know too. Like, they need to know, like, what's going on. And I, you know, like, you would think that, like, a children's book would be, like, a good way to kind of explain, like, this big, scary thing to children, you know, so. Yeah, for real. That's that's so fascinating to me because it's such a scary time for a lot of people. Well, for everyone, really. And and yeah. sometimes yeah. you you see it just in how they get frustrated over things that are seemingly nothing or just sometimes in their overall mood for the day where you're like, oh my gosh, what, why, like you were fine yesterday. Why are you all of a sudden so frustrated yeah. over someone using yeah. a block you were just using, you know, and it's, you forget yeah. they actually yeah. absorb everything. Mm-hmm. Which is so mm-hmm. fascinating. Honestly, same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, me too, girl. <laughs> I'm also struggling. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, one of the things that I feel like this pandemic and, you know, everything that has been in correlation with that, you know, how Black Lives Matter has kind of come at the full front again, um, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. But specifically now there's been a large outcry for for real tangible change. Um, knowing all that and knowing that kind of social climate, I guess, what do you think has changed about dating in comparison to before the pandemic Um, with after everything started getting blown up? Man, I feel like, so I can only speak from my own experience, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I did do, I didn't do a ton of, like, formal dating during the pandemic in terms of, like, 
being on websites and like going out with like and all of that stuff I did do a little bit of it and the big thing that the big takeaway for me was that I just I didn't want to meet people like in person that's fair like, that's I fair just, like you know and and you know I, I don't know I feel like in terms of online dating like I was familiar with that format personally so that wasn't like a big adjustment for me mm-hmm. it just like when it came down to it I'm like I don't feel comfortable in fact this actually gives me anxiety to think about like going out and meeting strangers and all of that and like not you know no shade to anybody else who chooses to do that I'm just saying for like me that was like the big like aha you know mm-hmm. yeah so, absolutely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah I feel like it's been similar with me too like What's great, though, is that Bumble now has this feature where you can say what your COVID comfortability is. So you can say, like, oh, I can meet in person with a mask or, like, no contact, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's thoughtful. I mean, that matters. For real. So that you're not, like, wasting somebody's time. Right, because it also shows... Yeah. I feel like it also shows the value system, too, like... Do you do you do you actually care? Right. You know, You're just out here, like, right? Hey. <laughs> like, like summer vacation, like nah. <laughs> you know, and I feel like one thing that I will say is that this pandemic, and I think this goes with dating, but honestly, just in life in general, is just boundaries and like yeah. being able to like yeah healthy space and stuff. Especially like I don't know, I feel like as a woman, like it's nice to like know like wow, there's like actually like. You know, this is like becoming a thing where it's like, you know, keep a certain distance from from people, you know. And so I feel like, you know, I feel like there are aspects of that that I'm like, eh, this is kind of say. I'm yeah. like, oh, this a little bit. Yeah, I love what you said about boundaries because there are so many yeah. physical, emotional, mental boundaries that we don't even mm-hmm. map out before things get serious in dating, I feel like. And it's like, mm-hmm. what if we had a mechanism like that for things like physical touch in general? Like, I, you know, just an array of things. Or like, I like to talk about this kinds of stuff. Or like, I don't like to talk. I don't like to go here on a date. Or, you know, just things like that. I just, I think that would be so useful if there was an actual mechanism for that. Besides having to have awkward conversations. But then again, I guess like we'll never really get away from having awkward conversations. It's just, it's just so fascinating <laughs> yeah. though that it it took something like that to make something yeah, concrete yeah. like that. I think, you know, for me, too, it's interesting to think about, like, older generations that mm. are, like, were not online before, that are, like, I don't know, maybe I do want to, like, be online. Yeah. And, like, I just, I think that's awesome. Yes, I'm like, get it, Nana. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. That's so fascinating to me, too, because, like, I feel like people will look at us at the side eye, with the side eye, and we're like, oh, yeah, I met someone online. Um, like, maybe five years ago? I don't even know. But now it's kind of... I know several people who got married to people who they met online. You know, it's just... It's so interesting how that culture changes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for me, like, you know, like, I met my boyfriend online, and I'm like, it's been great for me, so... Yeah! That's great! You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, and, and so another question I have is, like, how does this change... Because we talked about value systems, right? So, like, how does this change things like, when we talk about race and we talk about family and what we want our families to look like in the future if we want to go that route or what things we want our families to value. I think about that kind of stuff a lot. Like, mm-hmm. like now I do. I didn't used to be that way. But now I'm very much forward thinking, <laughs> like, oh, do I want my child to have the qualities that I see in this person? 
you know, things like that. How would you say that that you've been impacted by by that if you have been just like talking about I value mean, I systems? Don't, I don't know if my personal value system has changed mm-hmm. in terms of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Right? I think for me the pandemic has more affected like the logistics of going about dating and relationships and all of that versus like my like day-to-day value system kind of thing if that Mm -hmm. makes sense yeah 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 I would say like for me um the biggest impact that it's had or one of the biggest impacts is like I'm now in a long-distance relationship that was not a thing pre-pandemic and you know Mm -hmm. like work-wise like my boyfriend like had to like go move out of state and so that's been like the big thing and I think for me where value systems come in it's like okay how do I what matters the most in this relationship like you really start to get down to like the nitty-gritty of things Mm. you know in terms of being in long distance also in the middle of a pandemic which is stressful right and like trying to give each other space and like you know, but also, like, even just, like, the creative, even things are interesting, right? I would imagine that even for people that are, like, living together in the pandemic, right, like, just trying to find things to do mm. and to, like, keep things fresh and, like, I, yeah, I, it's a, it's, it can kind of compound on itself, I think. Mm. But um, I think that's when you go back to, okay, like, what are my core values? Like, what brought us together? Let's focus on that, you know? Because, you know, yeah, it's a, it's a lot in the news. I try to stay off social media with the pandemic because that is draining to the soul. Yeah, like, truly. Oh, my gosh. Like, listen. Yeah, like, I, like, will have friends or family that are like, did you see this article that's, like, the latest death toll? Or, oh, like, the no. Latest, like, Not the death toll. Girl, between that and, like, even the political stuff, I'm like, I, I just choose to actively, like, I can't take all of that in all the time. That's fair. And that goes back to boundaries, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's so great that you're talking about that because I feel like something for, for me, because we talked about this, I'm autistic, and something that autistic people tend to struggle with is knowing what people's boundaries are because typically people won't say them out loud. They'll just kind of mm-hmm. expect people to know, um, which is hard, and I think now specifically I'm forced to be like, this is what I'm comfortable with. Are you comfortable with this? Um, which has been really great for me just as an exercise. And I think mm-hmm. I think generally, like culturally, it's something that I would really hope that people keep around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think communication is everything, yes, right? Literally. Like, literally. It's so simple, but like we don't do it. Right. <laughs> It's like, and then we sit and wonder why, well, she just don't understand me, or he just don't, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, did you communicate, like, what you're... Exactly. Like, not, people aren't mind readers, you know, and I think there, there's this assumption that just because somebody is your friend, or your partner, or your pastor, or whoever, that you're just going to automatically, they're just going to automatically know what you need and want in every little given moment. And I don't think that that's accurate. I think Absolutely that you not. have to educate people on how to love you. Yes, absolutely. I feel like people, there's this kind of this like rose-colored glasses thing where people are like, when you fall in love, the person will meet all of your needs and they'll automatically know how. And it's like, no, that's not, love is Mm -hmm. is, to me the process of of kind of getting in those nicks and crannies and being like, oh, these are the things that that make me feel cared for, that make me feel valued in a partnership. Right, Um, right, right. Yeah. It's like it's yeah. it's less than this picture perfect. Not less than, but it's different than this picture perfect. Oh, it'll automatically click into place. It'll just it'll just 
figure itself out. Yeah, you know? Like I, had a, I had a friend, like, this was some years ago. <laughs> I had a friend, and she was talking to me about love languages because she was, like, really getting into them for the first time. And she was like, yeah, and I was just really into this. And the guy that she was seeing at the time, like, she went, and she was like, yeah, this is my love language, blah, blah, blah. And he was literally said to her, like, it shouldn't take all of that. Ooh. You're just supposed to do it. Like, I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry? <laughs> like, what? Like. No, no, no. Everybody is different. And then here's the thing. Not just, we don't just have different personalities, but I also feel differently in different moments. Yeah. Right? Like, I just made, what I was in the mood for yesterday, I may not be in the mood for today. You know? Right? Like, and I think that there has to be communication and that the other person has to be receptive to that communication. And like, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, and not also, also like not take it as an offense. Like, like, if someone says they're not comfortable with something, it doesn't mean they hit you. You know, it doesn't mean that you mm-hmm. that you failed. And that I feel like that's yeah. also a sensitive spot for a lot of people, and particularly um, for a lot of men. Because, you know, my I feel like a lot of men actually have this anxiety around relationships because they fear they won't be able to meet the person's needs. Interesting. You know, or their needs won't be met either, you know? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I feel like men are a lot more sensitive than, like... <laughs> Like, they, like, wear on their sleeves yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny, too, because I... There's this show that I love on Netflix. It's called Babies. Ooh. And it's about, oh, like... It okay. It's great. It's about, like, the developmental process of, like, uh-huh. f- like from the womb and, like, how they learn empathy and how they learn, like, right from wrong. And so they do a bunch of studies on a bunch of babies. Um, and one thing that they, that they said in the episode just stuck with me so hard. And it was... Um, a baby, the love between a baby and their caretaker begins to grow when the baby trusts the caretaker to meet their need and the parent trusts the baby to tell them when a need is not being met. Mm, like, yeah, that's interesting. That, like, hit me to my core. I was like, oh my gosh, this is love. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it's interesting, like, to look at children and, like, just to see how their whole little world develops. Mm-hmm. Like, even in terms of how they even, like, say their first words and, like, what happens in their brain to even get to them to that, like, step. I feel like, yeah, kids are kids are definitely interesting to kind of observe and, like, take from, I think, yeah. Yeah, especially in terms of, in terms of feeling cared for and, like, what makes people feel cared for and how there's, every child is so different and how, you know, they just, I mean, they have different needs, just like people. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think about like my niece and nephew. They are literally like fire and ice. Mm. <laughs> you cannot do like you know the the same you know act, you know like act the same towards one as the other just because they're not going to receive it the same. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're two different. And like, here's the thing: they're like little ones. They're not even three yet. Oh, <laughs> so, oh baby. They're like baby babies, <laughs> but their personalities are already like there. You know, and I think, you know, it it just goes to show, like, how much, how important it is to pay attention to individuals and individual needs and be able to to adjust and go with the flow, you know? Yes. And it's so interesting, too, because you have to be at a point where you first know what you need and know how to communicate them effectively. And a lot of people struggle with that. Girl, listen, Mm self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thing. Like, I, say, like, I feel like there's this like assumption 
that we're all experts on ourselves. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm that. Like, everybody has blind spots. Yes. <laughs> you know? Everybody has blind spots. And that doesn't make you, like, a, a bad person or a dumb person. Like, it just means that you're, like, there are things about yourself that you probably would not have known if somebody hadn't told you or you weren't in a certain context or environment to learn those things about yourself. And so for me, I always feel like, you know, yeah, I think the more I can be self-aware, the most I, the more I can be honest, emotionally honest about what it, where it is that I'm at and what it is that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I think that that's important for, for any relationship, really, you know? Yeah, yeah, because one thing that we reiterate in preschool is, you know, tell tell us what you need. Like, because sometimes what kids will do is they'll make a noise, be like, mm, or they, like, have a fit, and we're like, I can't, I can't give you what you need if you don't tell me yeah. what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can, I can see that. That's a uh, thing. Again, I'm thinking about my. my ah! <laughs> it's a hump to get over yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and, and I know we've talked about this like amongst each other, but I think one of the things that was scaring me about relationships because we know I've never been in one a long term relationship, but the thing that was like frightening to me was being in a situation where I was in a relationship and I was like, Oh, now I actually have to do this. Well, like now, like now there's a person who has expectations of me. Like, Yeah. I mean, I feel like that feeling is like, first of all, you feel that in the, I think a lot of different areas of life, right? Mm-hmm. The first thing that came to mind was just theater. Hello. Mm-hmm. Like, Casting the show, and it's like, well, you're on now. Like, like lights up. Let's see what you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that, um, I think that kind of goes back to imposter syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, even in terms of relationships, like you can have this this thing of like this thing is just so like, oh, I don't know, like I don't want to break it. I don't. Yes, like it's this fragile <laughs> you know? piece of glass. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and it's like, and then like I think realizing that you're not the only one that like has your same fears and has your same like shortcomings, whatever. And then once you like can contextualize it and realize that you're not just like on some like lonely man's Island, mm-hmm. you know, like you can be like, okay, like let me give myself some grace here. Like yeah. I, I, I get to make mistakes, right? Like I get to learn and I get to grow. And here's the thing, like when you're in a relationship with a loving person, you know, whether that's a, a romantic relationship or otherwise, like, people are understanding. Like, people are not like, well, girl, you didn't call me yesterday, like you said, so, like, you might mm-hmm. I feel like at least my friends aren't, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Through, you know, and so I feel like it's kind of, like, the same thing where it's, like, people are, like, they are here for People are rooting for you. Just, like, casting directors are rooting for you. Exactly. You know? That's so real. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that same vein, do you think that, politics and how things have kind of heated up now particularly have impacted how people go about dating now and in the future or do you think do you or do you think and I was thinking about this earlier is it the same and like the people who haven't had to think about it now have to think about it like I don't know I feel like I mean here's the thing I can only speak from like my perspective as Mm -hmm. like a black woman like you know whatever like mm-hmm. I feel like for me it's it's hard to say because on the one hand I want to say 
in terms of like it feels like the the pulse of the black community in particular like we've been saying this stuff yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah complaining so it's not like we're like having some new like oh my gosh and now we're seeing like <laughs> yeah. i think black people have already been there in terms of black issues and so i think that we are i definitely think that there's more of an edge right in society all the mm-hmm. way around i would say where I think it's harder for people to even communicate or see each other as human. Yeah. I hate to say, like, I feel like that's more so of what I'm seeing. Um, but I feel like I would say, generally speaking, for me, like, you know, those those are things that I would always be mindful of. Like, you know, like, are you a racist? Like, let's just... Man, let's just put, put it, it out, out there, Let bro. me know now. I'm going to waste my time. Waste my dinner money. <laughs> you know, like, yes, I... That's, that's kind of hard to say. I'd be interested in, like, a poll, like... Yeah. You know, like, in the U.S., like, how, what were your thoughts on dating before the pandemic? And, <laughs> I mean, and before, you know, all this current political, you know, stuff, so... Mm-hmm. I don't know, girl. It's, it's so wild, because, like, you know what I really want, though? I really want... I'm putting in the atmosphere, ABC Network, putting in the atmosphere. I want a dating show with all the people who broke up with people because they were Trump supporters. I want a dating show with them. I want them to thrive. Uh-oh. Well, um, you know, I'd be here for it. I'm here for the tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're also living in a time of call-out, of, like, call-out culture. Oh, yeah. You know, so I think the time for, like being a closet racist <laughs> it's like like that's over yeah over and done right like and like i'm talking about race like that's just one issue right, right? like um yeah i yeah yeah I, I don't know i i hope i hope that like we get to a place of like where the edge kind of goes yeah on a little bit just because like i said it's exhausting to like constantly be in that like everything is political. I mean, everything is kind of political, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like, I can't, like, if I sat and thought about all of the political issues that are, like, that, like, really, like, are triggers for me, like, whatever, I would be pressed all day. Like, yeah. I wouldn't get anything done. Like, Absolutely. Literally. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's, it can be exhausting because, like, you know, you live it and then you talk about it and then you go back to living it after talking about it and it's, man, it's wild. I feel like for me, on dating apps specifically, I definitely look for people who are, well, because I'm a Christian, so, like, that complicates things. I just, I just, I realize that I'm someone who, I can disagree with you on certain things, but in terms of, like, basic level human, humanity, like, I just, Mm -hmm. because uh, it's so dicey because some would argue that's not a testament of someone's character, it's a testament of what their values are, or, like, what they value more than other things, and... And I just, I think I've come to terms with the fact that, like, I cannot be with someone who values capitalism or, like, or a capitalist system over human life or over the well-being of other people. Yes. That you know? part. That part right there. Yes. It's, it's a lot. And I think this goes back and goes back to, like, self-awareness, self-insight to say, okay, let's be real. What are my triggers? Yeah. Like, is this particular issue a trigger for me? And if my partner who I am, like, the most close with, the most intimate with, is saying stuff and is about stuff that is hidden at my triggers. Like, this is toxic at this point. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like I even, I was reading the study on how much time you spend with different people in your different phases of life. And it was saying how around, you know, after like age 25 and up, you spend 80% of your time with your significant other and everybody else is in the 20% range. And it's like, so that, this is, this is the person you're with most of the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that's a thing. I think, you know, yeah, it, yeah. I, I, and it's it's not to say that like, yeah. I think you just have to be aware of your triggers and just be yeah. honest about it. You know that that doesn't mean that, you know, you're cold hearted and you're just like scary all the time. Whatever. It's just about being honest, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, oh, and I remember we had this conversation over the phone about um people who put apolitical on their dating profiles. I. And how, like, my my inclination was to be, like, y'all just don't want to say you're conservative. Or y'all just, like, y'all just don't want to say it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, though. But then yeah. you, you also, like, you made an excellent point, too, about that. And I don't know. Like, you were saying how, um, how people who live in a bubble will continue to live in a bubble when it is comfortable, you know? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I definitely think that there are, um, obviously, I think that I, I tend not to lump people into very broad categories. Yeah. And I try to take people as individuals and where they're at. You know, I certainly think that there are some people that are, like, smile in your face and then, like, I'm going to... Uh, clan meeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like, I think those people exist. Like, lit- you are literally a wolf in sheep's clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that there are other people who, through their environment and their culture, you know, and all of that, like, they just are comfortable in that, that bubble, right? And, like, yeah. they don't have, they don't know a lot of people to pop that bubble, right? Now, here's the thing. I don't think that it's on other people to educate you. Yeah. that should be your own especially you grown like I mean come on yeah um you know but I I can understand how somebody would end up being that way if they lived in a certain you know yeah a certain bubble yeah absolutely and it man it just like thinking about things like that and dating is just such a mosh posh for me of how much empathy I'm willing to offer, how much space I'm willing to give someone and like Mm -hmm. how I'm will, how I, how much I can handle as a person and as a woman Mm -hmm. being, you know, let alone a black woman being in the educator seat a lot of the time and just knowing, you know, again with boundaries, that's Mm -hmm. a tricky thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, here's the thing. Like there are a lot of, black women that like don't date outside of our race Mm -hmm. like we don't want to deal with like even having to have a conversation about race and about politics Mm -hmm. and about all of that stuff you know um yeah I, i i get it i totally get it yeah it's so it's so wild too because i like even i went to a predominantly white schools most of my life there were only three years of my life where i didn't Um, and it was always me trying to, I guess, I think I viewed white, white men as like the epitome of being valued. 
And so if I, if a white guy liked me, I was like, oh, oh, finally. <laughs> and that's toxic. That's, that's some toxic yeah. energy right there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to like really deconstruct that in the past, like, honestly, like the past like couple years, I had to be like, oh, I was associating being a, a white man showing me affection as being valuable, you know, mm-hmm. as a woman. It's like, even though it's not like a direct and deliberate thing, mm-hmm. like that kind of like falls into like the category of internalized racism. Yeah, uh, yeah. That you don't even are like fully aware that it is in the moment, right? Just because of the culture that we grow we grow up in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that definitely for me like took some undoing and like re-education mm-hmm. to just value all black everything yeah (laughs) yeah and to really celebrate that like like no really i'm rooting for everybody black truly truly (laughs) like like i don't think you heard me i'm rooting for everyone black (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah Yeah. like it, it takes some it takes some some time to like to get there but like i feel the most just the most proud the most um aware and sensitive to black issues that maybe like you know 10 year old Brittany like didn't even fully comprehend because I was a kid Mm -hmm. you know and like the you know especially being in you know going back to theater like being in theater and like my role models and stuff like they were white yeah the cartoons that I like they were white you know and so it takes time to undo that Absolutely. And you said something really powerful there about images and image, because like, I remember the question I would always get asked as a young actress was who or what roles do you want to play? Right. What roles do you want to play? Whose career do you want to emulate? And it's like, okay, well, I got to pick a three. So, and none of them actually fit what I would call, you know, my aesthetic or like none of them actually feel like me, but I have three to pick from. So it's either pick from those three who aren't like you or find someone in a different body who's more like you. And so then that, I think, contributes to that, to that internalized racism of only seeing those models as, as something that is, you know, close to who you are or something that's even valuable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot. I, um, you know, and I, I think that's why like now, like I fight so hard to do the projects that I do because mm-hmm. I'm like representation does matter mm-hmm. and I look at the people that are always like it doesn't matter you know I don't see color uh-uh. and this is it children don't know and you know children are innocent and you're trying to but and I'm like you can't tell me what it's like to be a black little girl right and let me tell and like proof that children do know we we literally talked about different colors of people's skins in class at preschool at preschool they're like mm-hmm. two years old and they're like oh that person's skin looks like mine and then someone was like Oh, I don't see anyone whose skin looks like mine. They know. They see it. They know. They know. And here's the thing. And then you treat them other. I saw I saw a video. I don't I don't remember the exact context of it, but they were in line. I don't know if it was like Disneyland or whatever it was, but these parents were in line with their kids and the kids were dressed up as like Disney princesses, all kinds of stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And this white lady turns to this like a uh, black child and it's like you can't dress up as Elsa because she's white. Oh good lord. <laughs> like who says that to a child? Like what? <laughs> you know, 
Like, women, go home. Go home. Drink some tea. Like, like I, I can't. Like, I literally can't. Um, but yeah, girl, that's the whole thing. And it, yeah, <laughs> and I think too, um, like, okay, I don't know if you've seen Bridgerton. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, well then yes. I won't, I won't talk about it then. Um, but, um, okay. I think that it's especially important to show black women on screen in healthy, loving relationships, you know, and dark skinned black women for that matter, because what I, what I will typically see is like the racially ambiguous woman. And yes, if you're black, you're black. If you say you're black, I'm gonna believe you. Right. Um, cause that's what you are. That's your identity. Um, mm-hmm. but the thing that ends up happening is people who are racially ambiguous or appear to be racially ambiguous, um, end up fitting in those roles that are specifically for black women. And then what happens is the racially ambiguous story or the mixed race person story doesn't get told at all because they're filling another slot. Right. Right. Um, and I kind of went on a tangent there, but I'm really just trying to illustrate the idea of showing the people being shown on screen and how that translates to what you value from a societal standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're influenced by pop culture. Mm-hmm. Like we're not that evolved. Right. To like, oh, I'm not influenced, but like everybody is. Yes. <laughs> like unless you are like Amish and like you right. are like you live in a community <laughs> that is literally isolated from society, like you're influenced by it, even subconsciously. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. You know. Yeah. I mean, it. It. Advertising works, right? And yeah. There's ads that we we advertise and we market different images and different ideas you know and that that does play that does play a huge impact on mm-hmm. on culture and society you know and, and, and you as an individual and like how you see the world yes absolutely like mm-hmm. and and what what you view relationships to be and mm-hmm. in that respect what you view a healthy relationship to be oh yes you know? yes remember it was like trending it was like trending on all over social media the whole, um, what's it, the Joker, and what's the girl? Oh, uh, oh, uh, woo, what's her name? It's not supposed to be, uh, hey, Harley Quinn. Yeah, 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 and it was like, relationship goals. Mm-hmm. Why? Who? Unless it was a joke. <laughs> Maybe it was a joke that I was Maybe. not in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. But that was a mess. I'm like, mm-hmm, this ain't it. Mm-hmm. This is not it. <laughs> yeah, truly, like, like, just so much, and I feel like we we glamorize toxicity in relationships. And honestly, to be honest, relationships, are like, a majority of them that I see are toxic. Like, because I feel like we're, like, we get in this state where it's better to be with someone who's toxic than to be alone. And, you know, something that I promised myself fairly recently was um, that if I do not feel as good around someone as I feel being alone... <laughs> It's not yes, worth it's it. It's not even worth your time. It's, don't waste my time. Like, what are we here for? Yeah, that's that's a whole thing. I think that we, like, when it comes to toxicity, whether it's just, like, as an individual or in relationships, mm-hmm, I think that we get used to, like, there's a certain level of toxicity that's, like, normalized. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're comfortable in it. Like, this is all I've ever seen. This is how... My family is, this is what my family is like. This is what, you know, my closest friends are like, you know, and everybody's toxic. And it's like, 
you know, it's like the fish doesn't know that he's wet. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it, it can take a lot, I think, to kind of undo those things. You know, I think that there's a sense of like, just because something is normal, that that means it's therefore good and mm. healthy. Yeah. You know, just because you can function and you're not like rocking in the corner, you know, like bawling your eyes out all day. And like you, yeah, you maybe have like a relatively normal life and be able to do the stuff that you got to do. But mm-hmm. in reality, a lot of that stuff could actually be, you know, not healthy. Yeah, absolutely. And something else that I think that I've I've recognized from that is like, like, there were like, like if there's a dynamic where a guy's like super jealous or like hyper masculine, mm-hmm. and I don't hate masculinity. I just hate toxic masculinity because I think a balance of right. masculinity is right. is 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 useful and healthy but I think when it becomes about like a power struggle and about domination then that is like the red flags are going up because because I I remember um I don't know if I saw this person like on TikTok or wherever but um she was talking about how her her boyfriend would like like the way that he would act jealous was like he would get mad and like he was like these public like outbursts and he was like she was like oh my god like that means he cares (laughs) like that's not, you don't need that. You don't need yeah. that. Um, and I think a lot of people, yeah. like, and it hasn't died out either. Like, it hasn't died out with this generation, this upcoming generation, because, you know, bless her heart, Millie Bobby Brown was talking about how um, the main character of You, I don't know if you've watched You. No, I've never seen it. Oh, oh, it's actually real good. But, um, oh, okay. Yeah, um, but the main character of You is basically, uh, I think, I think, I don't know the logistical term, but I think he's a sociopath. And so he kind of, hope I'm not, is it okay that I'm kind of spoiling it for you? No, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Ahead. But it's like you, you pick on very, you pick up very quickly. That's what it is. Um, but everything that he does is like in the name of love and because he cares so much about the person he's idolizing. Um, and it's like, we think things like that are coveted. Like they're coveted for us. Something else that I was thinking about was the fact that our idea of even what's sexy or what's sexual is emotionally cut off, emotionally distant. But the things that are not sexy or not um, something that, like, exudes passion are, like, pleasantness or or kindness. You know, that doesn't turn us on. Yes, yes, Um, yes. That's a really interesting point because I was thinking today I'm, like, you know, one of the things that, like, in terms of men, the things that I find really sexy is humility. Like, yeah. I'm a, a humble guy. I love an empathetic man. <laughs> I love, even if you can't empathize, I'm going to need you to at least, like, sympathize. Like, those things are, like, so, like, underrated. Because here's the thing. Everybody is always, like, I feel like confidence is the sexiest thing. Or when he works out and he got all this whatever. And not to say that all this stuff isn't hot. But to me, I'm, like when I think about the, what, what, what's in your heart, like, who are you at your core? Yeah. And the thing that really, like, turns me on is, like, a, yeah, a guy that's, like, humble, a guy that's, like, sees other people. Yeah. Right? And, like, can, a guy that can own up to his mistakes, that's hot. That is okay? hot. And rare. Listen, listen, very rare, because I, I feel like we live in a culture that's always, like, let me put up this representative you know, so that I can woo you or whatever. Mm -hmm. And while that may be effective, at a certain point, it's like, okay, that's cool, but can you be, uh, can you be real? Can you, 
you know, like I like was thinking about like Paul in the Bible who's like, I boast in my weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Like, like that is such a like Paul was hot. Like that was hot. That was hot. <laughs> Tell you what, it was snatching up. Just say it. Tell you what. <laughs> that's so real and I think that has been the most visible change for for myself internally because Mm. you know I used to be attracted to the one that was like clearly less emotionally available and I think the most tangible shift for me has been the fact that I am now attracted to people who are more emotionally vulnerable or more emotionally present or who know how to support me um with you know kindness or you know care and I just that is the most visible shift for me. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for that because I think for a long time, I tried to tell myself that that wasn't what I wanted. You know, I tried to tell myself, oh, I don't need that. I'm not needy. I don't need any of that. Um, I don't need someone to hug wow. me random. I don't, I don't want that. Ugh, yeah, um, yeah. You know, like I, I would tell these lies to myself because I was just afraid of wanting that, you know? Yeah. yeah and I think, you know, especially for women, for us to actually like, be honest and like be and like own what it is that we need and not back down from those things yeah like just in life in general but like in this instance in a relationship because I think when you step back and think about it it's like okay all those other things are nice mm-hmm. but what's gonna sustain us for the long term like if that's what your goal is and that's what your desire is mm-hmm. what's gonna keep us what's gonna keep this thing going what what do we come back to at the end of the day yes and I I can't I, I can't especially for me like I like I think you know we're both type four personalities yes we are more the, you know very yes like <laughs> emotional like we like vulnerability we like to be honest you know all those things and it's like to be with somebody that is emotionally cut off and you know is it able to be there for you emotionally it's really really difficult right mm-hmm. and like you know, obviously there are pros and cons to different personality types, but I think fundamentally at the end of the day, like, if you just, like, if you just don't care about me emotionally, right. and you're just, like, walking around with your peacock feathers, I can't <laughs> do anything with that. Like, like... Truly, what am I doing with that? What am I going to do with that? It's so funny because, man, like, this, that phrase, like, what do I do with that? It For me, that has just that is the thing that has been like the nail in the coffin for a lot of situations where I was like, do I even want to pursue anything with this person? Because here's what they're actually offering me. Like here's Mm -hmm. on paper what they're actually offering me, you know, Mm -hmm. that they can't respond to my text messages or that. And like in a timely manner, like that means something differently to everybody, but just showing respect, you know, Mm -hmm. or that they can't communicate what they're feeling or even that they haven't sifted out their feelings because that's okay too. You know, it's okay yeah, to yeah. be like, I'm not in a place where I can offer um, right. what you need. Or right. I am not in a place where I even know what I need. You know, it's okay yeah. to yeah. communicate that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's, you know, again, like, it just goes back to communication. Like, mm-hmm. at least you acknowledging, like, hey, I'm not in the space to, like, really go there right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Or, or I don't have the right words. Let me go think about this and I'm going to come back to you and we can have a conversation. Yeah. Like that, like you said, like that I can respect. I can do something with that. The other thing I'll say is too, I think, you know, as a woman and like for women in general, I feel like a lot of us are you know, well, one, black women, I think black women are just tired of, like, giving so much. Like, we just want equity. We want, like, reciprocity in relationships. 
And I think it's about time. It's about time that, that we get that, you know? And I think for women in general, the, the era and the ages of like, well, you know, you need to marry a good man so mm. that you can have a roof over your head. And like, you know, think about, you know, people always say like, oh, those relationships lasted so long. But it's like, how many options did women have back Yeah, then? that's the thing. Um, the options. What were they? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like today, like women women can do so much for ourselves now mm-hmm. that it's like, okay, I don't need you for this superficial stuff anymore. Not to say that stuff, stuff is like, you know, you know, obviously everybody needs to work and all that stuff, whatever. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, what I need you for is more emotional than it is all of this other stuff. Yes, absolutely. Like, and that, that's the thing that I really had to be honest with myself, like you said, about what I actually needed. And, for me, like, long-term, because, you know, I, I I don't necessarily just date to date. Like, I date with a purpose. And mm-hmm. looking to, like, what what kind of fam like, what I wanted my family to grow up with. Like, what do I want my kids to see and emulate? You know, what kind of character do I want them to have? Um, those are things that, I mean, as I started working with preschool, those are things that I really started honing in on and being like, oh, yeah, this dynamic would not work with me. Or, like, I don't, like... That stubbornness, and like, yes, no one's perfect, but like, just just basic level, what qualities do you want your children to emulate? You know, mm-hmm. that to me just like really came into focus because I'm someone who does want children. You know, you might not want right. to, but I'm someone right. who does. Um, and so that just really came into focus for me, just working with children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's something to think about, like, you know, what kind of what kind of person are you? If I'm not around, what are you teaching our kids? Yes. Like, you know, like what, what are they gleaning from you? And like, I, I think, yeah, I, it's, it's funny. Like I, I think I always, you know, like for same here, like I, I want to have a family. I want to have kids. And like, I always tell friends, I'm like, I talk about my kids as if they're already here. You know? <laughs> and like in my head, honestly, Shania, like in my head, I'm like, if I like, if, for whatever reason, God doesn't see fit for me to have children naturally, like, you know, I would look into adoption. I may do that Mm -hmm. anyway. Like, I, like, really want to be a mom. I want to have that experience. But it's also important for me that my partner is somebody that I can raise children with. And, like, I love the values that he has. And, you know, yeah, that we can give that to our kids. That's, That's, yeah, it's like, you know, I can't wait to marry the man and be like, okay, now what kind of parent you gonna be? Bye! Right! (laughs) <laughs> like you in it now. <laughs> you in it, sis. Yeah. That's so real. It's so funny too because like like again like the reshaping of the my values has been drastic. Like it's been dra- not not just in terms of, you know, politics, but in terms of you know, how how do I want them to talk to me? You know, how do I want to be spoken to? Um and, like, for me, because I, I don't know if I told you this, but I was in an abusive friendship for a couple years. I was at a new school, and I was, I was always a new kid. For, for about eight years, I was always a new kid. Um, and this person would tell me every single day, Shamaya, you're ugly and you're stupid. And I didn't... I want to fight. No, breathe. No. <laughs> Girl, I'm so sorry that you, it's like, okay. went through that. It's okay, but it's, like, it's just, 
things like that. And that, that was part of my autism, not understanding those, like what those cues meant. Because to me, I had never had a friend before. And so I was like, oh, this is what friends do, right? This is, this must be, this is friendship. You know, I, I had no yeah. idea. Right, um, right. And so really like a base level, like how I want to be spoken to, you know, how just things like yes. that have just really come into focus to me or for me lately. Um, that it's really just astounding. And, you know, maybe it is because of the pandemic, you know, Miss Pandemic making us sit in our couches and look at ourselves and okay. you know it might be that and people are people are going to therapy they're trying to figure it out they're mm-hmm. like wait a minute stuff is not okay right 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 right. i think you know yeah and i think yeah the, the pandemic is really it really has forced people to kind of be honest about where it where it is that we're at what it is that we need where do we need to grow and like i think we're seeing more people reach out to therapists for that reason because you know, yeah, it's it's something about stress that will force you <laughs> to, like, it'll shake things up and you'd be like, okay, wait a minute, we need to do an assessment. Yes. An evaluation needs to happen here. Literally. Um, yeah, I, but I, you know, I re- relate on some level in terms of, you know, navigating relationships and realizing, you know, it's okay for me to set boundaries, healthy boundaries for myself. It's okay for me to speak up for myself um and I think you know yeah especially especially when you've been you know in a relationship with somebody for a long time or it's family hello Mm -hmm. that's a whole thing that's a whole thing (laughs) that's a whole thing right and it's like well wait a minute it's like no this isn't this isn't right lord like there's something is not right here and I I think that um it takes sometimes it just takes time to like come to those realizations and I think that you know, my, my hope is that every year I learn more and more about who I am, what it is that I need. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, and that may ebb and flow a little bit from season to season in my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is that I forget. It's like you said, like, you can make mistakes and you can change. You know, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's, 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 I think, I think one of the things, too, is I don't like situations where I don't know what's going to happen. And it's funny because you might not think that about me knowing me because I, I like to like, you know, I, I, I kind of take risks. Like I, I, I just kind of start things when I don't have, mm-hmm. um, like, like if I, if I feel like something is right, then I kind of just do it. Um, mm-hmm. But when it comes to relationships, I think that's a really anxious, like sore spot for me because I don't like not knowing how things are going mm-hmm. to turn out um, in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it's, ooh. Yeah, girl, I think, like I said, I think I've said this to you before, but I think mm-hmm. that's where, for me, like, I, like, have to come back to my faith, mm-hmm. right? Like, and even, like, even beyond faith, like, having good friends and, like, family members that I can, like, lean into and be like, okay, what do you think is, what do you feel, what do you think about this? Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, if I have the support of family and friends, like, especially when it comes to relationships and, like, and all of that, like, that can be a helpful source right like it could also swing the other way yep yep absolutely situation but I I think that um for me like leaning into the people that God has like put in my life and like going back to just like prayer and like you know I you know like you know like I admire even for you even if it is outside of dating 
that you do have that, like, you know what? I'm going to do this thing. Like, let's go. Let's do it. Like, mm. I'm kind of the opposite. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I literally will, like, take 10 years to, like, okay, but I have to have this. And I like, have to, and then pretty people will be like, okay, Brittany, where's the thing? Where's the, this thing? Ah. And I'm like, I don't have all the pieces. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a whole thing. But, um. Yeah, girl, it takes time, I think, to, to ease into things. And I think, too, like like I said before, like just being kind to yourself, mm-hmm. right, and giving yourself that grace to say, like, okay, I can move at my pace. Yeah. Like, I'm not being rushed by society or friends or some invisible timeline in my head. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? Yeah, and I, I, think, I think the thing, too, is – Knowing and understanding that everyone is capable of being toxic, you know, everyone is capable of contributing mm-hmm. to that energy, and mm-hmm. like, it, I think it's so funny because I think when we think of toxicity, we automatically think of you know a domination or consumption of something, mm-hmm. um, but mm-hmm. what can also be all-consuming is a like too much, not empathy, but just being someone being smothered, someone. Not knowing boundaries in that respect or not respecting boundaries in terms of how much they are kind of laying on to somebody. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think I think that's the whole thing. And I think that, you know, like you said, I think everybody has the potential to be toxic and to lean into those things. And I mm-hmm. think, I mean, shoot, I feel like that goes back to, like, you know, from a Christian perspective, like, sin and, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about that. And I, I think it, it does take you know, at least being self-aware and like, okay, where am I at? And that person being honest and, and introspective and saying like, hey, this is this is where I'm at. These are the things that I struggle with. So at least then you kind of both know you're starting, you're reading from the same sheet of music, right? Like yeah. you're both kind of on the same field of like what to be aware of and what to kind of work on individually and what to be aware of in terms of the other person. Yeah, and, and it goes back to too, you can't know what those what those sore spots are unless you know yourself, you know, unless you know those things about yourself and have taken the time to, to really think about how you may have impacted other people, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and unfortunately I, I do think that sometimes it does take like stubbing your toe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to like get it and be like, wow, like I really like screwed this up. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> let me go back to the drawing board here. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's where, like, like I said before, like, being gracious with myself and, yeah. like, being with somebody who is gracious with me and yes. vice versa. Yes, and, yes, and someone who can make space for that, too, because mm-hmm. I think, I think some of it is as well, maybe, you know, people come into situations with their own traumas, you know, maybe someone in that situation has been through something that you might put them through again, you know, and mm-hmm. so at that point, they're kind of like, I don't want to do this again. I'm out, yeah. which is totally valid. Yeah. And I, I think it's yeah. about finding someone who can make space for the things that you need. Um, right. Because we're not, right. like, again, we're not going to all need the same things. And we can't all make space right. for the same things. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think this, this like, for me is, like, 
you know, I'm always like, teen therapy, everybody Yes, therapy. yes, we love it. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> because I feel like it just sets you up really nicely to have your best shot at being your best self. Yes. Right? Um, yeah, I feel like we make it out to be deeper than what it really is, mm-hmm. you know? And, like, in reality, it's just a conversation or a series of conversations mm-hmm. with your therapist and with yourself. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. You better talk to yourself. You better talk to that person. (laughs) Listen. Yeah, I feel like that because, yeah, you you get tools that you didn't have before. You get the insight that you didn't have. Um, You know, and yeah, and here's here's the thing. Like, for me, like I said, I'm an emotional person. Mm -hmm. And, like, my, like, like, big thing is, like, I can overshare, like, with my partner and, like, be, like, too... (laughs) Yeah, me, yeah. All the time. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I've had to learn how to regulate that. And, like, just the idea that, like, my boyfriend or my mother or my friends, like, they're not my therapist. And they're not God also, like, you know. And so I think that there has to be a space that you have for yourself to do that inner work, you know, that is, you know, yeah, just, like, for just a private thing so you can do that work so that when you are with your friends yes you can be emotionally honest but you can also again have those healthy boundaries you know and yeah yeah absolutely I think yeah and like going back to the thing about um dating apps I think that people thought boundaries were kind of like only brought into conversation when something traumatic has happened or, you know, only when something has gone really wrong. But boundaries are an essential way of life. Like, it's not just something you bring into the picture if you've been abused or et cetera. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's part of the whole picture. Like, yeah. I, let's just normalize it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I feel like there is, there's just so much, much con- especially in the black community, like, there's so much trauma yeah. that we're all collectively going through and have been going through like it's it's important for me to have quality healthy relationships because there's there's enough out there in the world to deal with like for real to be on top of stuff stuff has got to be regulated in my own personal life you know yes otherwise people go insane literally yes absolutely <laughs> Like, there's so much out there, and I think something, too, that has been so useful for me just in talking about anti-racism and, you know, anti-oppression is the aspect of healing and how integral that is to the process. You know, we can't appear at a place where we're ready to change, we're ready to see someone as human if we're not first empathetic with ourselves, and we don't, we don't see, you know, we have to see ourselves as worthy of change, as worthy of transformation, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's. It's a, it's a whole thing, and I, I think more recently I've really become more aware of, like I said, just like the collective trauma mm-hmm. that we've been going through as a black community, and what the repercussions of that are in my own personal life, and then even in my loved one's life, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I'm close to somebody, like, that could have an effect on me. I'm like, wow, my brother is a black man. You know, and if he comes back and is like, I had this experience, or even if he didn't have some traumatic, you know, obvious, tr- obviously traumatic experience, I still can have sympathy for him 
because I'm looking on the on the news and I'm like seeing all of these stories, right? So even yeah. just by just by proximation, I'm feeling that. Yeah. Right? And so it's like we carry and then I don't know if that's a black woman thing too, but we just like we carry not just our own <laughs> traumas and our own like stuff we carry everybody else's stuff yes absolutely which is why I'm like I need to be with someone who can make space for me like Mm -hmm. you know I need to come home and talk about oh why people be doing this and them not be like you know I need to just hear me you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) yeah yeah girl that's the whole thing like being able to be honest about racial issues especially in an interracial relationship Mm -hmm. you know with a white person right Mm -hmm. like that you know you have to have such an amount of trust there yes to be vulnerable right because like there are gonna be times where i'm like listen today is not the day yeah i'm (laughs) (laughs) and i need you to not take this personally i need you to emotionally social distance right right (laughs) i need you to emotionally distance right that's about to happen um yeah yeah, and in order for me to feel your support, but also, you know, not not take it personally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, I was also, I was in this conversation on Clubhouse, and the question was, and I, I talk to you about Clubhouse all the time, but one of the questions in a chat room was, um, do black women expect too much? <laughs> like, are we, are we expecting too much? Um, and one man on there, one panelist, he, he's a white man who... I believe he was British, but, you know, from the UK somewhere. And he's married to a black woman. Um, and he said something really, really poignant. He said, as a black man who's married to, or as a white man who's married to a black woman, I have to understand that there are some conversations I just cannot be a part of. Like, there are some that just are not for me. And that is something I have to be okay with, you know, that... Sometimes they're just going to be talking about how white people begin on their nerves and you just have to listen. <laughs> listen, like that's a whole thing. Like I remember I even have a conversation with my boyfriend about like having kids that are at least half black and if they present black and look black, like they're going to be dealing with these issues. Yeah. And I told him I was like it's important for me for my kids to have black men in their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able, if I have a black son, like, I want him to be able to have positive black male role models. And that's no shade to him, mm-hmm. right? It just is a, it's a reality, right? It goes back to representation and being able to see yourself in, in the world. Because especially, like, again, if you present that way, the world is going to come at him based on how he looks. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And, and the thing, the thing that, the only thing that frustrates me about... Um, when I see black children in families where either there, there are no other black people in that family or there's like one or two, the only thing that frustrates me is when the parents don't believe in institutional racism. And it's like, you're raising a child who will be impacted tremendously by institutional racism. And in some respects, you're putting that child in danger by not, by not understanding the context in which they live, they're going to live their life, you know? That's a really hard thing to know exists in the world mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, their parents are the ones with the most direct influence on their lives. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my prayer is just that 
in some other way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God gives them other people in their life yeah. that can that can show their children a holistic perspective, right? Mm-hmm. Um, rather than just whatever it is that their parents are are saying, you know. And here's the thing: you can say you colorblind all day, and you don't see, you know, you what that whatever. That doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, right? It's you're not the world, like you're not America. Like, like I'm still black. Yeah, I'm still brown girl, right here. Like for real. <laughs> so as we're coming to a close in this episode, um, I just want to ask one final question for the topic of discussion. So, what do you think is the takeaway for you personally in terms of current events and romantic relationships? And what do you think is the model that we should kind of be going by at this point? I think that for me, the big thing is knowing again, those boundaries and knowing Mm -hmm. when to unplug Mm -hmm. from everything that's happening, especially as a black woman. Um, I think that that, like I said, I think that that can have, can weigh on your soul and like that will affect how you show up in all of your relationships mm-hmm. right and so I think and then also having a partner that is patient as you go through the ebbing and flowing of politics and the pandemic and, and vice versa you know um and so yeah I think I think that that is kind of where I've been at and then like I said just continuing to do the work, continuing to have that space where I can go and like work through some of these things Mm -hmm. and, you know, like having those safe spaces. Oh my gosh. Safe spaces for black people. Oh my gosh. Yes. Necessary. So so necessary. That's a whole thing. Um, yeah. Like I I think that it's important to have those safe spaces, um, whether it's a faith community or a black community, Mm -hmm. you know, specifically like, you know, like as a woman, right? Like, yeah. you know, finding whatever your space, your safe space is um, so that you can stay in touch with what matters and like, yeah, your joy at the end of the day because your joy is your strength. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I love that. I think, I think for me, it's something similar as well as like knowing when a situation is too much for you and knowing that it's okay for it to be too much for you. And it, that just because it is too much for you doesn't mean it'll be too much for someone else, but knowing where your prerogatives are and knowing what your, your personal boundaries are, you know? And, mm-hmm. and I feel like a lot of people see boundaries potentially as, as a punishment, but boundaries are really to keep you safe and to keep you healthy, you know? And mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that they should be more normalized. Absolutely. So yeah, I totally, I concur with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I love it. Well, thank you so much. It's been so great to like finally be on. Yay! And, like, talk about all the things. I'm so <laughs> glad you got to join me. You'll be back. Don't worry. You absolutely be back. Okay. okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so everyone, this is Brit. Her social media links are gonna be below. Check them out. Check her out. Um, she's amazing. And have a good rest of y'all's day. Stay weird, y'all. Bye. <laughs>